You're listening to Season 4 of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. We are a part of the Beautiful Game Network. For soccer podcasts, writing, and any other content, visit bgn.fm. Let's get right to it. Do we want to be a good team, or do we want to be f***ing great? It's a curated party. There are no plus ones. Hi, welcome to Views from the Bridge. Now your fourth favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. I don't know. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Hiya. Uh, we're still playing soccer. Most teams in Major League Soccer at this point are not, which, given the playoff format, is almost a miracle. Hi. Pleasure to see you. Good to be seen. Evan Vallala here, blasting through your speakers in your car, at home, other places. Gang's all here. Um, first and certainly not least, I'm jealous of the color of hoodie that he's wearing. It's Justin Ashcraft. Hey man, how's it going? I actually, uh, I actually yeah. forgot that we were playing soccer cause we haven't played a game in like, I mean, we've played like one game in the last 25 days or something. Ooh. So, um, I just kind of forgot that we were actually playing soccer still. Let me like talk. Wait, so you're saying that the best way to make people excited for playoffs isn't to drag out a series forever and then take a two-week break no that voice you just heard the illustrious chuck booth and he's right it's it's a nightmare i hate the format at least it's like normalcy ish now right because this is a one-off it is it is Uh, is it it is i learned that like two days ago so that's where we're at and uh he'd rather be watching here yeah, I do too. He'd rather be watching the Eagles right now. It's Paul Caprino Jr. Why would I want to watch pregame of football when I know it's not going to start until 826? Get out of here. I would much rather be talking to you guys. Oh. It's been a long time. I'm a changed man since the last time the union have played. I've completed good two not. Google certificate courses uh-huh. in that time. I also finished an entire red velvet cake. Wow. All me, no help from anyone else. Well, I, I've really grown like into my pants. Sure, it's been great. Yeah, the Nicki Minaj of Union Podcasting, Paul Katrina Jr. Sick. <laughs> uh, we did it. We vanquished the hopeless New England Revolution. Two Woo! games to nil. Thank God. I hate that matchup so much. There you go. There it is. I hope Steve Austin's here. And now we move on to playing one game against FC Cincinnati for all the Eastern Conference semifinal marbles, apparently. What is, like, this playoff format sucked. Uh, I, I, I'll just come out and say, I'll just say, who cares? Like, this is what MLS has done to us, right? I've become bitter well, about this <laughs> because it's so dragged out. Like, just text us back and tell us you hate us. But don't keep us waiting by the line. I mean, who cares? Like, it's not the finals well, yet. This is no, what MLS also, has done the to playoffs us. Haven't actually, well, the, the, I feel like the better way to think about it isn't that the playoffs have been awful. It's that the playoffs haven't started yet. <laughs> Everybody was That's in a, a wild card round. Every single team that made the playoffs was in a wild card round. Now, there's a perspective right there. I because, love like, that. But I mean, especially just considering Philly versus Cincinnati, um, even without the storylines of Philly building Cincinnati and the fact that that club will be nothing without the union existing, um, like even without that, just having 
the supporter shield winners facing what has been points wise the most successful team in MLS over the past like five seasons or so is just great and what playoffs are for so now they're starting <laughs> yeah it, I'm, i mean it's clearly just not like and and for me when you see scores like what did uh lafc put on vancouver five that game like five to one or something in that one game yeah it's like it's like well, what m- more importantly what did sporting not... kansas city put on your western conference winning st louis city <laughs> happy to be here st louis fc <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, wait, sorry. It's all St. Louis well, City SC. Right. So we both called them by the dead name. Didn't we? Oh yeah, uh, no, the, the one that, it, it, like, even if it was gonna be like, be your name, it, which was still bad, it should have just been that, not, you know, whatever it um, is now. Uh, uh, the, the recently eliminated <laughs> St. Louis City it, FC. Feel like you forgot what it was because it's so convoluted and dumb. No, it re- I mean, it really is just, like, confusing with that team. Um, and it does show just where the Western Conference is, which is also why, no matter what, a team in the East will be hosting MLS Cup. And obviously, we all hope that it's in Philly. That would be nice. Revenge tour underway. I mean, it's going to... Yeah. We're going to have to do it on the road, which is going to be nice. I mean, I think it's always good. It's always sweet when you beat a team in their stadium. Um, but it does make it, it it does make it more difficult, I guess. In some ways. I mean, I feel like it makes it more earned, you know. Yeah, that's like true. what did, what did the Union do all last postseason? They won all their games at home and then they had to go to Los Angeles and you know, face a different environment. It can either be shell shocking or it can either be an advantage to kind of play games early on the road and then you get that home field advantage later on. I uh, kind of feel like you earn that. And if they make it that far, then it's only going to give them that advantage if they make it that far, which is awesome. But uh, yeah. Cincinnati fans, nothing to mess with, man. I, I do love the atmosphere that they have there and I think it's going to be one of the most bumping games it's, in this MLS playoff. It's good stuff. Congratulations to Cincinnati for hosting the next 18 out of 30 U.S. men's national team friendlies and or games because the U.S. men's national team only plays in three stadiums. So good for them. They did it. Um, they earned it. They, they earned, earned it. it. They built a, a pretty new stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio, and now they get to host most of the U.S. men's national team games moving forward, I'm sure. Suck at Columbus. It's all Cincinnati now. I guess before we get too far, I guess we should talk <laughs> about what happened against New England, if anybody can remember. Uh, Why? It wasn't the know. playoff. I mean, does, does I, it really, <laughs> the, the play in round. game on the field, like, does it even matter? Like, <laughs> Apologies to Conestoga High School men's assistant soccer coach Chris Donovan for doubting him in his goal against the New England Revolution at uh, Gillette Stadium. We've already uh, we've already gone on the Chris Donovan apology tour. Like we don't have to do what everyone else has to do. I feel no, compelled again. Not. <laughs> like, um, yeah, Drexel is just forever legendary in Union history. Yep, um, and that's great. Ken Tribbett. Um, well, I'll, I mean, I think I have one main takeaway from 
the New England uh, like series. He does what he wants, and it doesn't matter which side of the field he's on. He is not only stopping you, but now an attacking force. And and Chuck, good news, he's not racist. <laughs> gotta put it in the so, scouting report. You gotta put yep, that gotta in put the that scouting in there. report. Gotta put that in there. Chirp, the only it's other so... guy that knows German on the New England Revolution and is now probably gone from the Philadelphia Union forever. Thanks, Kai Wagner. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. It's been a pleasure. Look, I mean, just in in things that I didn't expect to need to deal with on a team that does a pretty good job of vetting people and making sure that, you know, it's a good character bunch. Yeah. Um, Kai Wagner saying racial slurs in German, not to realizing a... that a player spoke German. I was going to say coming we, out we... with an apology that <laughs> Things were said about his family that provoked him, as if anything that can be said provokes you to use a racial slur. Nothing like thinking you were safe talking to an American Hawaiian who played in the Bundesliga for five years. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Not and I think half the responses I saw were, wait, Bobby Wood pl still plays soccer, which is a worse burn than any racism could possibly be. And here we are. I mean, I don't expect Kai to, you know, catch up on his U.S. men's national team soccer history, but Bobby Wood was of the generation where every U.S. national team player had to be a U.S. German dual national. And, you know, that's that's what Bobby Wood did. But, um, yeah. It's it, also, it's again, just of... pretty easy to just not face slurs in any just language. Don't, just like, don't say it. I, just don't say it. It's all, that's all that matters. What I mark this... And especially just when... What I marked this down to is a technical error on Kai's standpoint because he didn't read the he didn't read the scouting report, right? You gotta put in the homework and know what your opponents speak on the field. A weird defense. It's a lack of awareness. Oh, we've seen we've seen we've seen Jim Curtin's scouting report, and that it's three sentences that basically boil down to play hard, lock this player up. And have fun. Look, I know we're well, not it's four <laughs> sentences now. I know we're not getting the full scope behind the scenes, like Chuck. Yeah, we did get a very nice <laughs> detail of what Jim's prep session is going to be, right? But I mean, my goodness, my the only thing like I really hang my hat on is how many other times this probably has happened, and that he's just been able to get away with it under his breath because there's there wasn't many German speaking players in Major League Soccer. But that's beside the point. That's speculative. All we have are facts and, an, and a report that has come out from Major League Soccer, which took a bit of time to get to because I'm sure they wanted to be thorough. And overall, you, you kind of have to imagine that he's not going to be here anymore and they're going to want to move on from this as uh, swiftly and painlessly as possible. Well, I mean, at least, at least we now... Finally, have reached the end of why haven't the union signed Kai Wagner to a designated player contract? True story. Yeah. And that book has closed. Any questions, children?
No? Great. Let's move on. What Moving on. Uh, the Wagner List Union <laughs> playing Cincinnati on the 25th of November uh, in Cincinnati. A bit of a family reunion, as it always is, if we will. And this one actually matters because, like we've previously established, the playoffs have now actually, for the love of God, started. And, uh, yeah, we're going to see how it goes. I What's we, what's going to be interesting will. to me... I'm, exci- I'm excited. Yeah, no, I, I am too. What's going to be interesting to me is I, I think what you're going to see in these semifinals, which will lead to better, uh, air quotes, TV is there's going to be more goals in these games. Not that, well, not the Western Conference needed any help with that, but like, I think these are going to be a lot more open because you don't have that weird best of three, but it's not aggregate, don't worry about it games to kind of think about. This is just going to be put the other team to the sword as quick as possible and then hope that no one gets injured or, you know, does something rash to get themselves set off and then go from there. In some games, I kind of agree. I think that this game is about to be a knife fight <laughs> um, with, like, maximum three goals. And it's not that there aren't excellent attackers on either side, but these teams just know each other way too well and have, even without um, Matt Miazga. And what's Hagland. the... So I know that... Hagland? What? Are you talking about the other injured? No, Miazga suspended. No, but there are other injured center backs. No, I was I, I was actually talking about Glesnus because I ah. know that Carranza is back in training. But have we seen anything on Glesnus? No. I don't think it's going to be a thing. I truly. I don't think it is either. But it's like even without essentially like the best or second best defenders on each team, depending on how you want to slice it. Like, they're still just really good defensive teams and with really good keepers. So there's going to be a lot of fireworks that just don't end in goals. Those are the toughest games to get through. Yeah, I think that's what's hard about this game is you can, uh, uh, like, I could see it going either way. I could see it being, like, a pretty cagey, affair as you know everyone's trying to not make the first mistake in some sense of the word because they know each other so well but i could also see it they know each other so well so it's like all right we know what their weaknesses are we know where they're vulnerable and so let's just go hit them where they're vulnerable you know in the first 15 minutes of the game so how do you do that i don't know but uh i think it could go i mean i think it could go either way i think probably what the game needs is a goal early on by either team really to like get the get the you know get the thing going um and i think that will help it not be so cagey but i but i also could see it being very cagey all along so we'll see we'll see i'm excited for it the problem is like we've talked about i mean the problem is for me is like i feel like i forgot that the union were playing soccer in some sense because it's like I don't need to watch a you know terrible game in New England, uh, so I don't know if I even I watched some of that game, but I definitely didn't watch all of it. And so it's like, well, I haven't seen them play for three weeks. Um, so it's like trying to get that momentum back up. And I hope what I hope is I guess the players aren't dealing with that of like you know. And, and I realize like some of the players on the team, uh, Gazdag being one of them, like you, you know, <laughs> yeah. obviously his team, his team. 
his international team had a game that meant something where not everyone was in that state of competitiveness for the last couple weeks. And so I hope that doesn't affect the team too much overall. Yeah, that's actually what's really annoying about this because you are in a do or die playoff game and everyone who's meaningful to the team is on international break. Um, and like not in training, getting drilled by Jim Curtin and making sure that everyone's in like an appropriate game state for like actually playing. Like it's, it's just so weird that if there was going to even be a break in playoffs, that it was like scheduled to be here yeah. of all places. Because <laughs> it just places. it doesn't help anyone. Well, in the in the schedule, I didn't feel like like the best of three series being so spread out that our first game to second game were was ten days, and then it was still going to be another five days till we played them again or something. If we had well, so not, it's, fun- not won it's the funny game in New England. because you you know why our um, ours was more spread out than every other team's. No, I do not. The Phillies. Oh, that makes sense. They were supposed to be in the World Series. And... So, I mean, my thing is, this sort of feels like in, I mean, obviously the implications of this are way bigger than, than this other thing I'm going to talk about. But it almost feels like the MLS's back tournament in some ways of like, all right, there's a couple group games that don't actually really mean anything uh, other than they were regular season points. And it's like, oh, and now we move on to, you know, like now we move on to the real tournament. And, but the real tournament is totally different than the, what the group games actually were. Yeah. So it just, it it feels so weird. It feels so weird. It's a different level of like, you have to get up for it because I think the union were clearly better prepared or better organized or more familiar with each other and themselves than the revolution who mind you had a coach get kind of uh, shoved aside over other allegations midway through the season. So they were playing with a interim coach. Um, and that well, was a- an interim playing to with... an interim. Yeah. An interim uh, to an interim. Right. Yeah, truly. And so, yeah, then they had the fallout from the interim coach getting implicated in why the head coach was pushed aside. And then it just became a whole mess. It's it's funny because it's like, usually, usually when we're, when, when we're on this podcast and we need a team to poke fun at that, at least we are, it's the Colorado Rapids that comes up. It can be, don't worry. Lately. But, but but I mean, for this one, it really is. At least we're not the New England Revolution. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but now you now you go right into from your weird EFL trophy-esque two games uh, and you're through because the group is three-game nonsense. Now you have a proper playoff format, do or die, against your sort of... I, the biggest rival for the Union... Maybe it's your buff younger brother. I would, it's your, I would it's say your, little brother. It's your in vogue little brother that, you know, stole your essay that you did two years ago and turned it into a supporter shield like you did. 
And now you have to go, well, you know, which one of us really has been here the longest? And that's going to be interesting because I think you park someone right on top of Lucha Acosta and then see what happens from there. But you don't get the advantage of, okay, if we come out and play bad here, we can take all of our big players off, play the next game at home, and then go from there. This is it. And so, Chuck, to your point, like it sucks having all these people away on international duty, but at least some of them played games that, like, or were involved in training for games that actually, like, matter. Because they're kind of up for something, at least. And it's not just we haven't kicked the yeah, ball. No, I mean, it, 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 Let's it is, yeah. again. And uh, at least, like, this break has helped the link rounds will get healthy. So the Union are going to have essentially the best team that they can have available right now for this game, which is very important because, like, I mean, you never want to go into a game and be like, oh, we didn't have our top three attackers all available for that game. And even the fact that this might be have been enough time that now that he actually appeared, and I almost forgot that Leon Flock was, existed and was, you know, even able to play for the team this year. So, like, seeing him get on the field against New England was like, oh, yeah, that guy is kind of useful. Yeah, and it's going to be, I mean, I think it's going to, like, the interesting part of all this is, like, knowing that your, uh, where you play the next game is going to be very dependent on who, like, is is not dependent on you at all. So, like, I, I feel like you aren't, like, like you said, Evan, like, even if you, all right, like, let's say you get up against Cincinnati early and you're like, all right, cool, we're, we're probably going to win this game. It's almost like, well, yeah, but you might have to go to Orlando in your next one. <laughs> you know, like you might have to go to Orlando in your next one. And so how does that play into your thought process as you're finishing that game? And then even if you don't, like Columbus has to come to you, which we know what Columbus is. <laughs> like we know what those games are like too. So I don't I don't know. It is a very interesting like it's a very interesting like phenomenon of like I don't you haven't played a competitive game in a, a while. Some of the guys were playing meaningful games. Some of the guys are not, you know, who are on international duty. It did allow people to get healthy. So that is a positive. But I feel like you've got to figure out now how to get into competitive mindset of like, all right, we got to play like we have a game to play and it's do or die. It's not a, you know, group game or it's not a, um, you know, we don't have a two legged reality to figure out. So the funny thing is that is that I think the team that scores first in this game is going to lose the game because I feel like this first goal is going to come early um, and it's going to be a, oh, both teams are going to just settle into the game more as they go because they need to work back to this area. And if it is a first half goal, then whatever team scores first is going to be the end, one that ends up uh, losing in the end. Because both of these teams have shown that they are really good at stepping on the gas in the second half against anyone they come against. So that's going to be interesting. And to Justin's point about who the opponent is, really, it's uh, the whole mentality of looking past the opponent to the next one really kind of has to go out the window when it comes to playoffs. Because at this point, it's, you know, if do you want the trophy? It's 110%. Like anything else after this point is like theoretical 
go do the job if it gets done then we assess afterwards it i mean if it's not then um you know does that preservation really outweigh what the whole challenge was for in the first place you know the union don't need to make another semifinal they were in a final last year they have a chance to do it again if they kind of put their whole ass into this they're gonna have to and do it on the road but again to your earned point, especially because now with with our star right back who was a, a machine doing a racism left and left back, left back. Left back sorry remember he is no no our our remember Remember, our right back uh, wanted to leave and yeah. then was stuck here, yeah. and now is um, back in the starting lineup. Right, right, right. <laughs> so between our right back having weird, I miss my family issues, which is not weird. I shouldn't have said that, but very unique to sports issues. Yes. Um, our left back doing a racism and us not signing, but I think there's some kind of coaching thing happening that we're not privy to yet. Center midfielder base of the club wonderful human being community outreach guy also not coming back in a playing capacity next year this feels like a little bit of an end of an era and man weren't you close to having a nice mls cup in there somewhere so that everyone could be happy about it and wouldn't you like to try to do that again at least for two of those three people i previously mentioned 100 percent. so actually yeah, no, it it def- definitely you have to end um, this era strong, and I'm gonna I'm gonna save my next question for a later podcast. Oh, you tease! Oh, well, yeah, that's I'm curious <laughs> now, but I know you're not gonna give it up, so I'll just move I on, would, Justin. Because because I would because I would absolutely just get destroyed if I said it, so I'm gonna wait. Oh my yeah, god. Wait. Ch- no, Chuck, wait till we're through it. We can have a thirty minute episode in the off right. season where we all yell at Chuck or something. Yeah. Um I'll yeah, tell so you it, it feels like when we're be... apparently playing soccer. <laughs> sure. Um <laughs> Uh, there's going to be a, a pivot here. We've already kind of brought in center mid to, I wish, again, I, you know, January is a hell of a drug. Uh, we've already brought somebody in that looks like he's going to be kind of the, the next generation of something here. Uh, you know, Union 2 did okay for themselves. Shout out again, Chris Donovan. Uh, the fluidity of those rosters is hilarious to me. And yeah, but like, what's what is success here now that you've made it past the not playoff playoff round into the actual meat and potatoes playoffs against your little brother that have since they've existed in any way, shape, or form as a soccer team have had a gigantic chip on their shoulder. I mean, success in this game is winning. I feel like that's where I feel like there's not a there's not a. I, it's not a, again. I I will plant my flag on this every time. Given some perspective about sports, only one team can ever win the championship. So it's not a non-successful season if we don't win the championship. It's still a successful season. What I what my problem is is this game is one of those games that you feel like you need to win to to f- continue those feelings of success, right? That if you lose to Cincinnati, you feel like ah man, we did lose to our younger brother. We did lose to the team who's tried to copy us since they've been in the league, and so. I feel like you have to win this game. Like, I feel like the next round is a little bit different because it's two 
you know, it's Columbus who is definitely established in the league. It's Orlando who is kind of rebirthed this year, I guess, in some way, shape, or form. Um, and is definitely the Florida team that I would rather have in the playoffs. Um, so like, that's fine with me, whatever you do in that game, but this game feels like a more of a emotional, like you've got to get up and win this game. Well, also, I mean, the, the expectation is just like, no matter what, with where the union are and what they've done after coming so close to already winning the expectations to win every game like it just doesn't matter that's why even with what is was a pretty good regular season by most mls team standards like union fans weren't happy this year because they expect this team to win the league and win every game um and while obviously that's easier said than done against cincinnati it's the exact mentality that they should have because like they should win every game. It's nice when it's easy. Yes. Like, there have been so many MLS seasons with Philadelphia that have been so difficult to gauge this question in regards to success. But, like, it's just, it's so easy now to define it with this core of management, player, culture. It, it's all lining up to this is very easy. The championships there, they are, they have the quality in all those departments. Well, and it's also interesting, I think, to your point, Paul, to like look at other teams in the league that we kind of modeled ourselves after, yeah. where it's Red Bull aren't who they were at all. I thought Troy Lassane was going to be there come February, March. Apparently not. Uh, DC is is coachless because Rooney left. You have Chris Armas who killed Toronto FC with Ali Curtis now taking the reins at Portland. You have Phil Neville who's never really successfully managed any team at the storied Portland Timbers, which was a, a signing or a hire that got clowned by everybody because he's a shambles and I don't think anyone would say he's going to be there in six months from now. Well, six months after they start playing games more excited or more worried about Cincinnati kind of taking the torch that we built from us. And we're now in the way to stop them from doing a thing that we think we should get first, which is when MLS go. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's what I'm trying to take the torch. Well, it's, I mean, maybe not that, but it's, it's, they have the talent. I don't think there's any denying that they have the coaching. They have the foundation without the Academy quite yet, but they won supporters shield in a pretty expedited fashion. They were terrible the last three years. All of a sudden they have our technical director and one of our assistant coaches. And now they're here and they're like here, here. Yeah, like I mean, from from the regard. I mean, if it shows one thing, it's the importance of spending money. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, which all comes down to the point that the Eastern Conference teams that Philadelphia find themselves adjacent to are kind of like just ranking the Baldwin children. Like that's always just going to be in flux. Like you know, you got Billy Baldwin. You got Alec, who's clearly got, you know, the money to flash it all, but is he doing it right? 
You got Danny Baldwin, DC. You got like Elizabeth Baldwin. You you guys can stop me whenever. I'm gonna do that now. Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's the 30 Rock of the Eastern Conference in MLS, Paul? Just gonna be not Stephen. I barely Baldwin. even know not half Stephen the people. Not Stephen oh Baldwin. God. For sure. A child. A child. <laughs> wow, this conversation is going down. This conversation is going down. But you can't leave out Jane Baldwin Sasso. <laughs> what did you expect? I don't know. I don't um, know what I expect. Paul's Baldwin. mentioned more Baldwin. I mean, at this point, you could just put out any. You could you could put out any random name, and I'm just like, yeah, that's plausible. I would never Derek disrespect Baldwin. the Baldwins like that. They have kids, it's true. and it's those true. were their names. He has the Wikipedia article pulled up, surely. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Lucho Acosta is the is the Alec Baldwin of FC Cincinnati. Whatever that I think, means. I, I, I think. I mean, wouldn't uh, that going be back here? <laughs> Maybe Justin, please save us. Oh my word. Well, I think going back to your original... No, Shut stop it. Chuck. We're done. We're done. We're done. Chuck, you're cut off. Stop but, it. But, you're but done. Um, the, the accident on set. No. <laughs> no, no, Chuck. No, bad. Stop comparing Matt Biazga to C-tier Baldwin twins. Justin, Justin, make your point. We broke Chuck. We broke Chuck. Chuck's an animatronic from... Freddy's and we broke him. Chuck is the Five Nights at Freddy's on Peacock of FC Cincinnati. Yeah. Oh my I'll word! Just, I'll just beat myself. <laughs> He's right in the background. I mean, yeah, Justin, please get this train back on the rails. This is what I'm this trying. Is what happens when we don't Chuck, record mute yourself. Doctor, stop it. Justin had a had a point. Has you didn't a, say anything bad, and I want to hear it. Uh, you know, oh my word. Um, no, I going back to your original question. I think what you're saying is is sort of spot on in some ways. Of like, I do think that there's an element of like we the union have earned what they have been able to do the past couple seasons, right? As as they have developed and grown, and like the academy has been what it is. We've sold players. We've done what we had to do. All that kind of stuff. And I think that is where, yeah, I think it would be it would be a little tough at some point as a union fan to watch Cincinnati lift the trophy if we haven't lifted one yet and I think that 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 is definitely a challenge for the team going forward and I feel like is the emotional like push that you have to put on this game of like we need to beat this team because they are the ones that like they are the former (laughs) they're the traitors you know in some sense they successfully did the thing that we did to usher in a new era of MLS Sure, exactly. So I think I think that that has to be in your mind as a union player this year is like, all right, we need to beat this team so that they don't get it before we do um, in some sense. As you were talking, though, of like comparative nature, I do think the challenge for union fans going forward is like we are not going to be the – and there's no reason right now we can't be, but we're not going to be the team that leads the Eastern Conference every year. But I think what we have to figure out is how we don't do, like, how we don't fall off the face of the planet, you know, in the next couple of years. And, like, can we be, can we kind of replicate what Dallas has done that they, you know, they're around the playoffs every single year. There's no question, you know, and and Red Bull have done it the same way until this year, sort of, is like, you know, can we make the playoffs every year for the next 13 years or whatever Red Bull streak was? So, like... but what's missing? 
what's missing from what you just named and why we don't want to be them. I, I don't know. Well, why we do want to be them is the trophy. MLS Cup. Yeah. Well, no, we, we, we won the same trophy yeah. that they've won. Yeah. Like, that's the, that's the, that's the thing here. It's just that that was like the bar of whatever era of MLS we were in was. And this isn't necessarily a conversation directly for this game, but for the union moving forward, it's not only how did they maintain this level of success, but also get better when teams all around them have more money to spend and they haven't shown a propensity to actually spend money like the other teams. Um, well, and, and it's, it's and how do you keep hitting, that, too. Not that beating Cincinnati, yeah. And not even the beating Cincinnati answers that question because, like, that is just an off-season question. But yeah, beating Cincinnati does go a long way in showing that they can defeat other teams that spend money because that's still been yeah. the overarching question of what is the union ceiling? Because 95% of the teams in MLS, they've had no issue with handling. And even those... Teams like LAFC, they've gone toe to toe with, but been that ten million plus dollar player that makes a difference. What I find interesting for this conversation is, what if the Union do win MLS Cup, and what if next year they get themselves to another final, or uh, get themselves far in Champions League, maybe pull themselves that? Does the model for MLS change? to kind of tailor itself more to what Philly does from a foundational standpoint? Or do you see it just snowball with the continued high spending to try to push them out completely? Because that'll determine where the union's trajectory is. I think it's already changing to an extent because that... It is. um, That would kind of be Columbus. Because Columbus's academy has been improving while they're spending on top to augment that and like that is kind of the balance of what you want yeah um because for something to be sustainable i mean even seattle seattle has an amazing academy and then they spend in moderation but still more to go around that and because you need that those players entrenched in your club's culture or it loses its whole ethos around that but you need match winners, and like those don't always come from your academy. Yep. I mean, it's the same kind of stuff you're hearing out of Manchester City right now that a lot of the academy players at Manchester City like feel like they're never going to get in the lineup because of the way that Manchester City has spent money. Now, hopefully, at some point in time, they can't spend money. Um, but what? I think you you're having this like you have to balance those two things of like if you go and spend money all the time, then the academy becomes useless to you. Um, but if you go and if you rely solely on your academy, I don't think you're ever going to be able to reach the heights of success. And I think that's where um, probably a team, you know, around world soccer that would make sense to compare it to is is Barcelona for a long time rode that line really well that they had their players from the academy that, you know, whatever. And then they'd bring in a few players every, you know, they brought in the Suarez's and the, you know, like they brought in those players that that made a difference for the team while having the the academy ethos uh still around and so i feel like you've got to figure out how to balance those two things but you've got to like you 
I th- I think it will at some point in time come to you've got to spend money to to play in this league or to compete in this league on a on a regular basis. Yep. I love I love that point, Justin, because I think what having a really good academy does is it instills a hunger and a group of kids and a group of like 18, 19, 20 year olds that are going to play for the badge regardless because they grew up playing for the badge. And so what that gives you is positional depth and positional fights at pretty much every position you have, as long as your pipeline's good enough to have it. And that's something the union have in spades because the next man up mentality and the, and the hard work and the blue collarness of, of the city and kind of the sports ethos in the greater Philadelphia area in general. Um, and you look at kind of the, I think the flyers are always a good little, um, you know, uh, uh, touchstone where it's, they're kind of, uh, they're playing good hockey lately. And it's because they've all bought into the system and the good Academy makes it so that your organization buys into the system of, it is not about you, the individual person, um, it is about the team and how hard you play and things like that. What the union don't have to to Chuck and I think all of our kind of points outright is that Lucho Acosta or when you were talking about Barcelona, I immediately thought of like a Neymar where it's you bring in a guy who is on the younger side who's just a killer. And I think they tried to do that with what's his name from Montreal that has played like three games for us this season Torres. and didn't pan. Thank you. Joaquin Torres. I think that's what they wanted Joaquin Torres to be, but that was a miss. And now I think they have to go out of the MLS pipeline to find somebody who is that, yeah. who's going to give you that like you'll senior vibe, but a, a cup or even beating Cincinnati gives you more stock and more goodwill in the city because you can go, Hey, we did the thing that you wanted us to do, and we did the previous thing that you didn't think we were going to do, which is one supporter shield. So you can ride on the goodwill of that for a little bit, but there has to be kind of this understanding of diehard fans. Here's what we're doing: we're bringing these people in. You can see that, and then casual fans. It's we're still competitive and still good enough. And I think LA Galaxy are a really great representation of doing that wrong, or Toronto FC are really great representation of doing that wrong where it's just because you have the money doesn't mean you spend it the right way. And I mean, yeah, the argument is that Jay Sugarman's never spent the money that he should do on this team, especially now because of how competitive and how good they were. And for years we've all been, if they had 2 million more dollars, we'd win MLS cup like this year. Yep. It's Chicago fire. Also my favorite example of how to try and be the union wrong. Because they have an amazing academy, they have money, and they still somehow find a way to just do the Move, worst with both. They are moving um, to Soldier Field was not the problem. <laughs> like that was baffling to me. It's like no one gives so a let's fuck. Let's give our Don't GM an extension. Yeah, like we didn't make the playoffs for four years. Now it's even easier to make the playoffs. We still haven't done it. Extension to everyone involved in the soccer side. Listen to like us suck more in the stadium worst. with an echo. <sighs> yeah, but, truly. <laughs> but I mean, I'm not going to lie. This, like, obviously I hope that we beat Cincinnati for just a lot of reasons. 
but I really just don't want to sit through an offseason after not beating Cincinnati and just how painful everything for this offseason will be without a victory in this game. Yeah, I think it will definitely be easier on the emotions to lose to Orlando or Columbus than it will be to lose this game. And I think it's, I think that says something. And what you were saying, Evan, I think I, I would for every, like what the union have done well is find bargain buys that they've been able to turn into something. So you, you know, that's the Carranzas of the world and all of that. And then you have your one European player that they've brought in on a regular basis. And, you know, that's your Dodge calls and your, uh, you know, and your um, God's dogs and everything else. And those have always seemed, you know, on a pretty regular basis that works out. Right. I would love to see the union go get a Barco or a Almiron or an Amada and, you know, like, all right, how do we spend, you know, a, a, something on a on a you know 18 19 year old wonder kid uh you know in south america or something and bring bring them in and in that you went there with neymar too like how do well, we they, they did they did that in a way no was, they got they found a bargain a... They found, no no they did they did it the bargain way and got julian Carranza. like we can't forget <laughs> that how highly rated he was and that miami just decided to give him away for pennies and that is one of the best moves that the union have ever yeah. made no, no, sure i completely agree with that i'm not saying they didn't do that well i just anymore <laughs> yeah, they need to yeah. do I would, it yeah, again I would love to see them make this flash. <laughs> no 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 i i like well, i like the, justin siago amato shout a lot well i want i i, I do i do want to see like who's the next person from venezuela that they bring in considering just that pipeline. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know much about the Venezuelan national team. I'm going to need to learn more considering, you know, they're going to make Copa, well, all of the common bowl teams make Copa America, but they're going to be in America and I'm going to have to write about them. <laughs> um, and they also have plenty of MLS connections. But with uh, Jose Martinez essentially seeming like he's going to become a union lifer, hopefully, more people from his national team will probably want to come here. Success breeds success too. And the longer the union finds success, the more players will want to come and the more agents will be doing work to try to get their players in Philly versus us having to beg. Yeah. And, and also what (laughs) beg players to come and also what players say about living here, you know, like a lot of people enjoy their time when they, when they stay here for a few years, you know, there's not many that go and trash talk the city uh, from a sports perspective once they play here. Uh, and the ones that do kind of know how they've gotten to that point. So <laughs> we're not too worried about them. But it's it's all shaping up really well for Philly. This game is certainly on the most important side because of the connection with Cincinnati though. Like can't, can't stress enough. That'll be, that'll be a big test. I'm excited for them. To for sure. for it. Um, we don't love predictions here cause we're always wrong. So 
instead of instead of like who's gonna win, give me over under on goals or general watchability of this match. <laughs> I mean, where do you guys want to set the line at? I'm thinking two and a half. The the actual book line is two and a half. What's I will also take the over. It was two and a half, correct? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I'm, two and oh, okay, that was weird. Yeah, but I'm just gonna say the yeah, over two and a half for it. Um, and at least with watchability, like this will be the most watchable game outside of LAFC Seattle. I was just about to say, yeah, that was <laughs> those are <laughs> that was... the clear and away best um, games in this round of playoffs. I like the over too. Yeah, I think, I think I'll take the over as well, and I think it is going to be a. I think, I, I, I've never watched a Union Cincinnati game that I didn't enjoy watching, and so I think like it is. I don't see this one changing. You know, it's not one of those teams we hate playing because of the reasons. So, I think it's going to be a. It's going to be a fairly watchable game. It's going to be sloppy. It's going to be messy. There's going to be physicality. There's going to be four goals in this, I think, and you're going to see someone win three to one. Nice. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, that's bold. Thank you. Is it going extra time for that? No. No. Because I think what's nice about Having to wait so long and then playing these playoffs. Is, Actually, these... is there extra time in this round? There is. Yeah. Does it go straight to penalties? I You're not going to need more than 90 minutes of no. soccer, okay. is what cool. I'll say. Because I think these teams now, it's that just... is single elimination all the way through, really don't want to play more than what they have to to get to where they want to be. And I think from a watchability no, I mean, standpoint, fair. with the if you're a big fan of narrative points like I am, this is the game you're watching because there's so much history between any aspect of organization that you can think of between these two teams, whether it's coaches, players, fan base, whatever. That it's going to really... Like, this should probably be the best game of the playoffs, and this might decide MLS Cup depending on how the West shakes out. I could agree with you. know, I mean, I do feel pretty good saying that the winner of this game does go to MLS Cup. Yep. Yep. So we'll figure that out after we uh, play this game this week. At VFTB Pod. Go um, tell us you've missed us or didn't. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. That's it for another episode of Season 5 of Views from the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Pod. Did you enjoy the show and want to show your support? There are two ways. You can head to DesignTree at dsgntree.com slash vftb for our latest merch. Or buy Sabir at ko-fi.com slash vftbpod. Thanks for listening and your support. Views from the Bridge is a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network, for Evan Villela, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft, signing off.